0: Hey Coffee Breakers, this is just a warning to let you know that this episode contains adult content and may be disturbing to some listeners. Please take caution and listener discretion is advised. Hey Coffee Breakers, I'm A.C. And I'm Scully. And welcome to Take a Coffee Break Chill podcast. Um, today is our true crime segment and Scully is going to take us... Through the story of Richard Ramirez, right? Yep. That's his name, right? Richard
1: Ramirez, the Night Stalker. At
0: the Night Stalker, which is terrifying. Oh, yeah. Full disclosure, AC knows little to nothing about it. Um, that was done on purpose, so you can, guys can get some raw reactions. So who knows what's going to come out of my mouth, so
1: Yeah, and I pulled, this is mostly from the Netflix docu- documentary. I think it says Night Stalker, the story of Richard Ramirez or something like that. There's a shoe. I know that there's a shoe, I don't remember the name of it, but there's a shoe. Like, you'll see it, and it says Night Stalker. So if you want to watch it, that's how you do
0: it. Look for the shoe.
1: Look for the shoe. That's important. Yeah. But we'll get into that. So the documentary starts you on March 17th, 1985. And it is, it opens with, I don't remember her name, um, Maria Hernandez.
0: She's talking. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Open your cookies. I'm opening my cookies. I'm so sorry. Uh, AC is very hungry. Okay. <laughs> I'm Mar- my bad.
1: It's with Maria Hernandez. And she's talking about, she took her lunch break and she went into a thrift store. And she's like looking around and she remembers seeing like an ACDC cap in the thrift store. And that this man walks up to her and it's just like super creepy like just super super creepy so they have like this weird exchange and i think he just looks at her a bunch and then like smiles and then leaves so then she's on the interstate going home later that day and the same man is following her and he comes up beside her and she describes him as a killer clown like the smile he gave her was like a killer clown which i found just absolutely terrifying Uh,
0: you know i don't do clowns i know but <laughs> so at that point, I'm ramming him with my car. Right. I'm going to really try to resist the urge. That's terrifying, too, because just like where we work. Yeah, there's a thrift store across the street. True. Like we could go on our lunch break and go into the thrift store and there we creepy clown guy. And that's terrifying. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like the parallels to that.
1: <laughs>
0: well, he follows her
1: home and she has one of those automatic garages and like it's going up and she's going in and as she's going in like i think it's starting to close or she's getting out of her car i don't remember the exact details but she hears somebody behind her and she turns around and he's right there and he puts a gun in her face and pulls the trigger she and then goes inside she actually put her hands in front of her face and she had her keys on her hand so when he pulled the trigger it hit the keys and it actually deflected but she dropped to the ground. Yeah. Now the unfortunate side is her roommate 34 year old Dale Ozark was inside the house. She apparently heard the sound of the gunshot. Yeah. And hid at first but apparently thought maybe he had left or whatever and she came out of her hiding spot too early and the way they describe it in the documentary they had a bar in the kitchen, and she put her hands on the bar and was, like, raising up. And when she did, um, Richard Ramirez shot her straight in the forehead. Oh, God. And killed her. Um, Maria actually went, like, she took off. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, gosh, my roommate. So she actually runs around. She says she runs around to the front of the house thinking he'll go back out the same way he came in. Ran slap into him again. She says she told him, like, "Like, you've already shot me once. Just go ahead. Like, whatever. But he left. And he didn't shoot her.
0: I wonder why. I mean, thank God. I'm not saying. Everything he does is very random. Okay. Like, so he's like, nah, I didn't get you this time, so I got to let you live. Like, I didn't get you the first time, so. Yeah, I have a theory behind it that I'll have to get into later, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, it was very. So, Maria, in fact, survived.
1: Maria survived. Okay. And Dale Ozark is what we know is the first victim. Okay. Um, about a mile up the road, it just says hang on, maybe I'll double check my, my notes.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Oh, Hallie, our listener, while, you're, while she's checking her notes, I just want to let you know that we are both br- drinking the coffee that you sent us out of the cups that you had made for us, and we love you, and thank you so very much. Yes,
1: it, it's definitely. I think it's a mile up road, there was another girl, um, I can't even try to say her name, but she was 30, and she was stopped, yanked out of her car, and shot right then.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Um Maria was able to give a description to law enforcement of what she saw they're already, already like, like it's okay Wow, you just had an AC moment they're already trying to like put some stuff together like is this related to this like mm-hmm. what is going on like because it's less than a mile up the road this other girl is yanked out of her car and shot right there on the highway like what is happening I heard another podcast um True crime all the time podcast. Oh, I know those guys. Well, wanted to give credit to them because that's where I got it. I wanted to say that
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if this is, if this is the one I'm remembering, like he was following her. She caught on. She tried to get over. And then she pulled over. He pulled over with her, yanked her out, and shot her. Right. Um, they talked about how he liked seeing the fear. Like he liked seeing that moment of fear, like before he did whatever it is he was going to do. Ten days later. Okay. Okay. We have these two. There's a double murder. Whittier, which I think is an interesting name,
0: it is interesting. He went
1: through a bathroom window, he stole about forty thousand dollars. He shot the husband in the temple um, while he slept, and then he raped and killed the lady, but not until he cut out her eyes
0: and took them with him. Oh. Uh, and this is the guy, I'm just going to link this all up, that Good. was staying at the Cecil, right? Correct. This is the guy that would come in, blood covered in his underwear, staying at the Cecil when all of this is going down, correct? Or at least for a year. At span. least, yeah. Part of it.
1: Even not the whole time. We don't really know. Oh, dear God. That was Maxine and Vincent Zazara. Okay. She was 40. He was 64. Um, At that scene... It's a big gap, but... You know.
0: <laughs> sorry, she saw my face. I yeah, like, she's, like,
1: doing math real quick. Um, <laughs> at that scene, he left
0: a shoe print. Okay. And it was a
1: size, like, they couldn't... They didn't know at that time. It was, like, 11 to 12. They didn't know. It was in
0: yeah. that range. Shoe print and what? Like, the grass, blood? I did, don't remember it if say? it
1: says... I want to say it was just somewhere outside of the house. Mm, okay. I think, like, getting in the bathroom window. Okay. It was, like, outside the window. Okay. Okay. I just... Sorry. So then it cuts to... Anastasia and I don't I don't know how to say her last name. She was six at the time. You actually get to hear from her. And she states that she just remembers about being woken up, carried out of her house, and that she initially thought it was like a family member, like she didn't remember being scared at that time. Yeah. But he took her out of the car, took her out of the house, put her in the car, told her to open the glove compartment, showed her the gun, and he said, I just want you to know that's there. And she's like, okay. She says she remembers him putting her down into a duffel bag um, and carrying her into some area. She doesn't really know where it was, but that Madonna was playing on repeat, like just Madonna songs. And that he made her look at him, made her touch him, and then did just horrible things to the six-year-old girl for hours. That could have be been the Cecil. Very well. That's exactly what I thought. Right. Because she said it was smelly. It was dank. Like it was just. But it was a place. It was a place. And it was somewhere he could go. And I, that's where I think.
0: And I mean, he carried her in a in duffel bag. Right. So and nobody would know.
1: Correct. That's exactly what I thought.
0: Oh, and I'm not saying that it was. I'm just saying it could have been, which makes the Cecil just.
1: Even uh, more. Yeah. Icky. Um But he violently assaulted her for hours. She kept saying she needed to go to the bathroom. He'd quit. He'd set her on a sink. And then take her back and do it again, just over and over. Um, then he put her back in the bag, um, took her back out, let her out on the side of the road, pointed to a gas station, told her to go call um, her family and left. Okay. Really strange. Um, but he continued to do this. Like She didn't. I mean. I know it's a small victory, but like. I'm, you're thankful what she went that through was horrible. Correct. But she still had her life. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's kind of how I felt. Like it's a terrible, awful thing. Oh, it's god awful. Could you imagine being just like carried out of your six, house? Six, At six, this man goes into your house, takes you out, takes you out, puts you in a duffel bag, and then
1: violently assaults you for hours. Right. And then takes you back and drops you off like, eh. like it was just another day. Mm-hmm. So oh, poor baby. Um, there's a series of child abductions during this whole time, like. Same MO, kids are getting picked up off the side of the road, kids are getting taken from playgrounds, kids are getting taken from their house, they're violently sexually assaulted over and over again, and then they're dropped off. Yeah.
0: And this is before DNA. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the the thing that's interesting to note is there's already two detectives. Well, at this time I think it was just the one detective working on this case. If it's a child abduction and sexual assault, that's a different unit. Of course. So they weren't linking these two together because they're two separate units. Okay, so they're two different units, but each kid that's coming back is giving... It's happening in different areas, but they're giving similar descriptions. His teeth are messed up. He's got a very pungent odor. Well, yeah, because he, he murders and doesn't bathe. Yes, and they're... All like they're, they they show in the documentary like different composites that they're drawing, and they are very similar. All of them are coming across the same. Um. So it cuts to 4:10, which is day 24. It counts up the days in yeah. the documentary. The detective Gill,
0: yeah,
1: is trying to tie the molestations to the murder. Okay, he thinks that they're connected. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that based on the description?
1: The description and I think at that time it was just the description.
0: Because um, Maria saw him and was yes. able to give what he looked like. Yes. And then all these kids are like, This dude Yes.
1: So and he's definitely like, these are these are the same. He was like a newbie. Oh. Like not really heard of. So they just laughed him off. Oh, they were yeah. like, This has never happened. This is just not something that happens. Yep. Yeah. They were like, this has never happened before, so there's no way that that's what this is, wow. which
0: just trips me out. Isn't it a saying, there's a first time that's for exactly everything? That's exactly what I
1: was thinking. Like, how are you going to be like, nah. Nah, never. It's
0: never it's happened. Impossible. So. Nothing is impossible. So they, That's true. I'm, I'm sorry. Nothing. That's true. It, there's stuff that's highly improbable, not impossible. This is the part that trips me out. In the
1: documentary, like, they're looking for a suspect. They're looking for someone that fits that description. And they come across this guy, Arturo Arturo, Roses is what my thing looks like. Mm -hmm. He had ladies' underwear, like, all sliced in the crotch. He wore... One of the descriptions that Maria gave is that the guy had a members-only jacket. This guy had a members-only jacket. Okay. Like, when they went to his house, they found all kinds of inappropriate material. (laughs) Um, <laughs> just
0: porn. Lots, just and lot, lots, lots. Of porn. Any
1: of it child related? No, it, no, nothing that they said because they didn't end up charging this man. Like he remembers staffing it with one of his, I guess, superiors. Superiors, and they were like, "He's a freak, but he's not your freak." That's exactly what they say in the documentary. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's like, shucks, like dead end. Yeah. So we jump to, I think my handwriting's five. Yeah, five fourteen eighty five. So <clears throat> day fifty eight. Um, it's Doris and William. They are, William, of course, is 66, shot immediately. Doris is put in thumb handcuffs, which I had never seen before, but it looks like, it's like a tiny version of handcuffs, but it's like serrated around the part (laughs) that goes over the thumb almost. Okay. And she was in those, and he beat her and raped her. Um... In that crime scene, there is a shoe print. Yeah. Okay. That shoe print matched the... Did she survive?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. He, for whatever reason, like, just brutally... Some women he kills, some women he doesn't. But for that one, she did. Okay. Severely beaten, but she actually ended up, I think, having to, like, rip it apart so that she could make a call, like, get out of the
0: thumb. Yeah. Um. I think of the Chinese finger trap for whatever That's reason. That's where my mind
1: went to, but. Great lines. <laughs> yeah. During this time at one of the child abduction cases, they actually found the same shoe print. Okay. Okay. Gil is like freaking out because he's like, I'm telling you these are related. And he's talking to his captain and he's like, no, they're not. That guy, this, the one at the child one is a size 12. Your guy's like 11 and a half at best. Turns out that the way that they sized it was another detective who had wingtips on, put his foot over that print, and was like, "See, it's at least a 12 But in actuality, when he sent them—her <laughs> eyes twitching—when he sent them a photo of what he had, it's the exact same
0: shoe. Okay.
1: Yes. Go ahead.
0: Tell me what you want to say. So, first of all, there's not that big of a difference between an eleven and a half and twelve.
1: Oh, that was for them. It was fully rolling it out. It's no. not the same
0: person. Well, th- there's not that big of a difference. Okay. Between 11, half, and 12.
1: And why are you going to judge it? Like, that doesn't seem very... And I own multiple pairs of shoes. Well, I'm thinking, like, wingtips. That's the pointy toes, right? So, it's going to be longer. Like yeah. Your toe's not all the way to the end of that point. So, like... Right. How are you going to be
0: like... Or if, if it is, you're in pain. Or you got some weird feet. <laughs> they can get all the way to the point. <laughs> Just saying. Is that what I said?
1: So, enter... I think his name's... Frank Solarna, I think is how you say it. He walks up to Gil and's like, We need to team up on this. Gil's a newbie. So Gil's like, Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Frank Salanero, Sl- 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 I can't say his name. Frank wants to team up with me. I'm down. Like, I'm down. So, so down. Um, cause Frank was known for the hillside strangler. He had caught them, which I didn't know it was two of them. I didn't know that either. But he had just worked that case and brought them and brought them both in. So okay. he was like, I want in on this one. And Gil's like, please, please help. Like definitely. So cut to June 28th, 85 day 103. You meet Patty Higgins, 32. Her throat was cut she was stabbed in her throat as well. So it's like he tried to cut it off and then cut through it again. Um, that was it. Four days pass. Did on Any sexual assault? Not that I have listed. Okay. It was just a brutal murder. Okay. Cut to 7-2, day 107. You meet Mary Cannon. Same thing. Throat slit. She's 75. Okay. And he just cuts her throat. 7-5. Um... Meet Whitney Bennett. Oh, so he had gardener gloves on because there was no fingerprints. That's another thing; they couldn't find any fingerprints at any of these things. Any of the murders? Any of it? Right. Even the child abductions? There was no fingerprints whatsoever. The only thing you had is the shoe. Right. Okay. He beat, he actually went into her room. She's 16. Went into oh, this her,
0: is 16 year old. 16
1: year old. He actually went into a full house of her family. Right. Okay. Went to her room. Okay. She's asleep, gets a tire iron, and beats her. And I'm talking beats her and beats her and beats her. She has no memory of any of it.
0: Well, no, because I'm assuming that most of the blows were to the head. She woke up. Well, she was asleep, and he whacked her with a tire iron, so she never even...
1: Got conscious. Right. And she woke up and was like in her own pool of blood and obviously hurting. And that's when she knew something had happened. So they go in there. She had, he ransacked her room. She had to have 42 um, stitches in her head to fix a laceration, skull fractures. And again, no memories of anything. Cause oh. he beat her while she was already asleep and she was
0: unconscious after that. How did he know? Like he had to have stalked that family a little bit know. just to know which room was well, what. And I don't
1: think he did. I think he just went in when it was open and went through the house. People were sleeping and picked somebody he wanted. She was it. I don't know why I tire iron this time, but that's what he did. So when they go in to investigate that oh. scene, because there's nothing there, there's no physical evidence there. Um, one of the forensic pathologist ladies comes out and opens the comforter, and there is a shoe print on the comforter that matches the other crime scenes. That's the only way they knew it was him. Oh wow. Yeah, which is
0: crazy. Yeah. That oh this is a nightmare. I can I see why people I, I can see why Criminal Minds kinda did a episode it, i mean it's the Night Stalker but not the Night Stalker. Yeah, but based re- off of it but based off of it loosely. Because this is terrifying.
1: This is what bothers me. In the documentary it talks about Frank finally being like these are connected and when he said it oh everybody jumped on board the ball took off yeah they started like putting the dots together and everything now Gil had been saying this Mm -hmm. since like the second murder right but he's a newbie he doesn't know what he's talking about this guy's established Mm -hmm. so and I hate that I know because I feel like stuff could have been in place long before you think they could have caught him before there's so much um let me see where I'm at Oh, it cuts to Frank's history. So it's doing the 1977, a nude 20-year-old was found in an embankment, ligature marks around the neck, the wrist. Ten bodies were found in total, and that was the Hillside hillside Strangler. They were... Yeah, Stranglers, but you didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Um, They were nude and posed, so they thought they were a cop or someone pretending to be a cop. But it ended up being Kenneth B. and Angelo Bono. They were cousins. And they were just murdering people and putting them back over there. Oh, okay. Repetitively. I think right. five. They tied Kenneth to at least five. I don't know what the total number is for that, but... I don't... We can look it up later. Yeah.
0: If, yeah.
1: Back to 1985.
0: Oh, by the way, he did live at Cecil Hotel between 1984 and 1985 for the full year. Okay, well then, yeah. So he was at... at, at sorry, just information. Just my Rolodex started working... He was there. He was there. So that's probably the, where he took at least that six-year-old where she talks yeah. about... And the eyes. The eyes yeah, the were in the hotel. hmm So... Oh, my God. I know, right? Cecil just got way worse. And I just let it, let it be close forever. Yeah.
1: It talks to... It cuts back down to 1980, oh. 1985, and they're talking about trying to put his stuff together. And the only thing that they could put together is how... The only similarity is how unsimilar... All the victims were right. Like some were old, some were young, some were kids, some were teenagers, some were tire iron, some were knives, some were guns. Like there was nothing that was, there was no MO. The only thing was he came in either through a door or through a window at night, at night. That was really the only thing, but he could, they could never pinpoint it would be this or this. Like it, there was nothing to link it.
0: Yeah. It was, com- it was
1: a no, no static MO. No, there's no rhyme or reason. Right. Just like, and eh, that one. And yeah. he would go in. Cut to June, n- July. Seven is July. Yeah. <laughs> seven six eighty
0: 680,
1: seven six eighty five. Day one hundred and eleven. You meet Lorraine. I have Rod. I don't know if that's her full name, but she's a survivor. Her husband was John Rodriguez. Um, he was actually a police officer. Oh wow! So she heard a noise, and she said the first thing she remembers is fussing at her husband, like, "Why are you making all this racket?" And she got up and looked around, and she noticed a window that they never had open. Was open. Was open. Um, that it had actually been painted shut, but he God, got it to God, not work. Yeah, and when um, she hollered for her husband, he came through with a gun. I don't know if that scared off Richard or what, but he left. But outside that window, they had watered their plants, and where he had pressed down so hard trying to raise that window, he left a perfect shoe print. Oh, okay. And the smart thinking of Mr. Rodriguez, he put like a bucket or a, a box over that to preserve that footprint for the detectives when they got there. That's when they realized it's an Avia shoe. Um they it's an uncommon shoe at that time. It wasn't like a name brand. It wasn't like you had a reebok or a Nike, Nike or, or something. something. It was not that well known. Right. They talked about actually talk. They just came out and they actually talked to the inventor or designer, I guess would be of yeah. the shoe. They got his, um, how many 11 and a half were sold. They just assumed it was like a black pair because he's doing all this stuff at night. He wouldn't have wore like bright orange or white shoes. You won't bet. <laughs> he might've, they got the sales data. Um, how many shoes that had sold in LA and seven went to LA or excuse me, there were six of them, and I think seven in total, and only one had went to L.A., but they couldn't uh, pin it down any more than that. Oh, I was going to say, if
0: you've got a store, surveillance in the 80s, maybe. Couldn't get any farther than that. That's as far as I got. That sucks. So you're working in the 80s. I mean, and no offense to anybody who worked in the 80s because more power to you because you didn't have the technology mm-hmm. and the, the ability. Like, they were. But now there's ring cameras on, almost every door so like and on the streets and stuff not ringing but there's st- like street yeah. cameras and stuff like that like he would have been caught so much quicker yeah. just through technology yeah so they would have been able data. to pin it all the way down to the last store and then mm-hmm. been able to it was sold on this day, day yeah. by this
1: cashier at this time yeah so i guess it's kind of hopping around because um this goes back to 529 and there's mabel bell and Florence Lang, okay. Mabel is 83, and Florence, I think she's in her 80s as well. Um, they are both beaten. Like, I think Mabel was actually beaten and raped, and Florence was just beaten and tied up with, um, like, an alarm clock cord. Word. Yeah, he actually stepped on the alarm clock cord to pull it out so he could tie her up, and it actually left a shoe print on that. Um, he, At this one, he put a pentagram on Mabel's hip and a pentagram on the wall.
0: I'm assuming both of these ladies did not make Mabel
1: it. died. Florence was alive when they got there. Um, and it didn't tell me in the documentary that she died or she succumbed to her injuries. It said that she survived it. Okay. So, I don't know, you know, for how long or whatnot. Or she had prolonged stuff from that. Right. But he actually stayed there long enough to, like, have a snack. He had a banana. He got a soda. Like, he hung out. Like, he didn't just do this and leave. Like, he hung
0: out. He hung out and ate their food? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. And then I think I think he actually beat them, took a snack, and then went in and raped Mabel. And then he left.
0: And was Mabel, oh, Mabel's the one that passed? Yeah, she was 83. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then he carved a pentagram into her hip? He used
1: a lipstick. Oh, and then put that on the wall too
0: oh okay with lipstick okay in yeah. my mind he had a knife
1: yeah so then they're starting to think is this a message is this like a satanist thing and then that was very Marilyn uh, not Marilyn Manson yeah. Charles Manson Charles Manson not Marilyn Manson and they were like is this like an homage to him like what is this this like, is the time around the what are I think you doing the 70s. like yeah. what are you doing um this is the part that kills me okay so he tried to kidnap another victim okay he got seen trying to another do this. child, a woman. Okay, a woman. He wasn't successful. Okay, and he runs off in a Toyota. A motorcycle cop actually pulls him over. He was seen trying to assault this woman and take her. So while a motorcycle cop is actually doing his stop, um, I don't want to say Manson. Richard actually hears his description go across over the radio. He later says that him and the cop were, like, joking. Like, the cop was like, you're not that killer, are you? And he's like, no, I'm not. I don't know how true that is. Right. But the cop actually went back to his motorcycle, I guess, to get, like, his ticket book.
0: hmm
1: And when he did, Ramirez draws a pentagram on the hood of the car and took off. Ran. Took off. On foot. On foot. Okay. Um, that's when they find out the car's stolen. He has no driver's license. Gil and Frank wanted this car
0: yeah like
1: they wanted to print it they wanted to know exactly then the issue that they ran into is in la like they said you could rob a store and go three miles and you've crossed like six districts so it was like no it's our car we're gonna print it we're not gonna share with you kind of mentality that happened so like they kept saying
0: we want to print this car like no and they wouldn't let them do it
1: they kept Uh, saying we'll do it
0: no that's wrong let me tell you okay this goes out for everybody who listens and anybody who's in law enforcement. Work together, dang it! You would think on such a teamwork makes the dream work, dang it! Yeah, well,
1: they didn't. They wouldn't let them print the car, and they got. He, they even said we got stonewalled. Yeah, they got completely blocked. Mm-hmm. So he, they even talked about there was competitiveness, like they wanted to be the ones that catch caught not catch caught Ramirez. They didn't know that at the time, but that's who they wanted to catch, and it was just back and forth. So, that went nowhere at this point.
0: Okay. That's great. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's not angry-making at all. Oh, tip of the iceberg, my
1: friend. So, 785,
0: day... We're getting close to my birthday.
1: One day, 112, you meet Sophie Dickman. She was robbed, raped, and handcuffed to the bed. He went in through a cat door. A cat? Yep. He covered her yeah a cat door covered her mouth and told her her, don't look at me
0: wait 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 (laughs) Scully a cat door
1: only thing I figure is like he ripped it out and was able to get his hand in there to get the
0: door. Okay, that makes more sense. Because I was about to say, now, I understand... Like this demon-possessed squishing down and then coming back to full size. That, that's what I pictured <laughs> in my head because a cat door is very it's small. small. It's not even as big as a dog door. Like no, it is. a smaller. It's, From my understanding, he ripped it out. Okay, and, and was able to get himself. access, yeah. Okay, I was about to say, now that we got some supernatural, some, some, some stuff.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Same day. Um... Yeah. Well, it's a 785, so I don't know if it's the same day or not. 60-year-old Joyce Nelson is murdered. He beat her to death. She... I think you actually get to meet with her in the documentary you hear from her grandmother or her granddaughter Mm -hmm. and how she fought... She fought him so much. And it's interesting to me because her son talks about how she used to have a fear that this was going to happen to her, like that she would be raped. So... She was very... She always lived alone. She did... She was very successful on herself. Like, she just was by herself. And I guess she was afraid of that. Yeah. Um, So, when he came in to do that, she fought him. Yeah. So, that angered him. Oh, yeah. So, he beat her so bad that he actually left the Avia shoe print in her head. In the side of her head.
0: That's what we like to call overkill. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And this was the same night as Sophie. By the way, I did have that written down. I thought it was. So we've got five cases in like ten days, I guess, in this thing. So the media picked up on it. Got huge, huge news frenzy. Um, The task force is starting to look for evidence. What type of car he had? What type of tire? Like they're trying to find any links
0: to maybe pull it back to him. Right.
1: They said they had thousands of calls that came in, just waiting for that one tip. Yeah. Like somebody give us something.
0: See something, say something. He was at the Salt the whole freaking time. This is the part that makes me mad.
1: 7 A 8, 85 day 113. The news got wind that there was a shoe print involved, okay? They wanted to do a story on the shoe, all right? Up until then, nobody knew anything about the shoe print except law enforcement. Right. Somebody leaked. Mm-hmm. They told her no because that if she did that, it could blow it. So she negotiated... Um And an, an exclusive—she even—it makes me sick. Her name's Laurel Erickson, and I even have ugh beside my nose because <laughs> she made me so angry because she's like, I had something that they wanted. So I was able to negotiate a private, exclusive interview about the Night Stalker. But it, she doesn't call him the Night Stalker at that point. Right. But she negotiates this interview with Frank and Gil—
0: so she'll keep her mouth shut, right? So, and I hate all that. Like all of that is just icky to me, right? Like you're gonna blow an investigation
1: because, because you want to have primetime story. Yeah, I mean, because that's what they care about. Oh, it made about, me so mad.
0: Forget that there's these, that, these victims. There's these victims, but also many more potential victims. Yep. You know, forget about that. It's about your notoriety. You're I'm sorry, but I got no love for you. I I literally, Laurel Erickson, ugh. <laughs> and I stand
1: by that. Yeah, I got no love for you. I was just like, you're a despicable human, because yeah. that's messed up. The fact that you would try to blow an investigation for your own mm. personal gain, for your own, um, what's the word, no promotions, and yeah. get your name out there is the one that broke the story. But you, you would have broke it. Yeah. Because, because he would have changed shoes. Yes, 100%. And then what? Right. Because that's the only thing they had tying him. Right. Because he had never left a fingerprint. Right. And it's before DNA. Right. So, congratulations. Laurel. Laurel. Yeah. Yeah. Just Way to abuse a situation. Right. So, um, they talked about, Frank talked about, like, it was just a gut blow to them. Because it was just sickening that she was able to, like, finagle this thing. Right. And he made this quote. He said that they talked about how they dealt with it. Mm -hmm. And just... They're dealing with the media. They're dealing with this man that's murdering, like, every other night or every night, two or three people. And also sexually assaulting children, as, as right. many as he can get his hands on. And he said some of them crawl into the bottle, but some might crawl too deep, talking about law enforcement. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, like, that's how they dealt with it. Yeah. So, 7-9, seven, nine, seven, nine, day 114, they found out that the car was never printed. Oh, and by the way, it was stored out in the sun.
0: Oh, so it degraded everything. Absolutely everything. So Mm.
1: everything was gone.
0: Yeah. Anything and everything. Yep. So they got the car. They're looking inside the car.
1: And the only thing they find is a card for a dentist in Chinatown. And that the suspect had came in on 7-3. And he wrote his name as Richard Mina. And he got the x-rays from the chinatown dentist gilded and he took them to i'm assuming another dentist and was like what can you tell me from these and the dentist is like i can tell you he'll be back and he's like why and they from his x-ray they could see he had an impacted tooth. oh it's a pain and he's like so he'll be back and remember he's got a jacked up mouth that is consistent across all boards this man's teeth are jacked right and they have they talk about all he was known for doing is eating candy and drinking soda like that
0: was it yeah, and we don't bathe or brush our teeth. So.
1: No, and he has a very foul smell.
0: Yeah. So oh, uh.
1: he Gil wanted to set up agents basically there, just like to wait and see when this, this man 21. came in. They told him he was wasting money, that that was a waste of resources and time and effort, so that needed to stop. So they put in this 715, or no, before then, they put in this robbery alarm that if when he came in they could just push the button and it would notify law enforcement and they could run out there. So seven fifteen, day 120, he got a call from the doctor asking why they never showed up. Oh my God, they didn't make
0: the button live. It didn't work. The
1: alarm never went off. And he was there. He came in, got his stuff
0: done. They hit the button. Law enforcement never showed. He and, left. And what can the dentist do? Exactly. Just stall, maybe, try to, but do you want to anger Correct. a serial killer? Right. Well, I don't know. Unless, I mean, I guess you could have sent somebody out, like, go call law enforcement. But,
1: but they thought s- they were coming. Yep. But they never showed. So they missed him. But he literally came in on the 15th
0: Oh, that's July. a name. That's her sick name.
1: Yeah, especially when you cut to 720, day 125, you meet Max and Layla. I think it's Nelding. Um, he's 68, she's 66. He shot them both. He had knife wounds up to their upper torsos. He almost decapitated the dad, and mom was shot in the face.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. There was, again, another shoe print on the front door. Um, I guess he kicked in the door. I'm assuming I think it was like at the door like he just okay. opened it and went in you get another one I can't say this guy's name I'm not even going to try but he um, I'm going to try to read my notes because I've got he executed the male and then sexually assaulted the wife she was able to give a description and then I don't know if she had a son or not but it's I have sexually assaulted young boy I don't know And then he robbed this house. He spent like two to three hours at that house. Well, he had to get
0: money to pay for the Cecil. I guess. I mean, he had to throw a robbery in there every once in a while so they don't kick him out. And he had been
1: taking some places he would take stuff and some places he wouldn't. Like, it was really interesting because it was... There was no rhyme or reason. Sometimes right. he'd take your stuff, sometimes he wouldn't. He'd just go in there and murder, rape, and leave. Yeah. Like it really just
0: And sometimes was his
1: mood almost. Right. Which is super scary. So eight six eighty five, they meet up to like it's the law enforcement. They're meeting up to do a a team meeting. To, like like what are we gonna do? Yes, yeah. staffing's perfect word. They get a call. A Chris and Virginia Peterson, um, she got shot through her face into mm-hmm. her nose. And he got shot in his temple, but it went through her face, didn't hit anything. Husband comes in, he, he shoots him, but it doesn't click. It's a 25 auto. It's a new gun from the different, Oh, a different gun. mm -hmm. He had been using a 22. Okay. This is a new gun. The husband was able to chase him out. Like scared him enough that I guess when he shot him, it didn't kill him. So he took off.
0: Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this man is a chicken.
1: Oh yeah. Um, they find that the new gun has this new case that's got a red primer in it. So that's something new that has just been introduced. So the 25, the 25 shells, when you look at them, it looks like a red dot. Oh. So that's the first time they had seen that. Right.
0: Maybe they can trace a gun or that's the hope.
1: Yeah. So they didn't want to, um... They knew he was reading the paper, so they were kind of trying to be very
0: careful about what What they were releasing, going back to the press and not putting everything out there for them to learn and adjust. And anyway, go ahead. That's my soapbox. I'll I'll soapbox later. Yeah. So
1: one of the victims' husband um, was able to make a call. Like one of the people that was murdered, I think it was the ones I didn't know how to pronounce the name. Um, Their last name is Doi or Doe. It's D-O-I. Okay he when he was wounded like what's the word when you're gonna die mortally
0: what's the word mortally
1: or fatally fatally shot yeah before he succumbed to his injuries was able to call to get assistance there for his wife so that was in the newspaper and they knew that he knew that because from that point on at every house the phone was disabled or
0: ripped out of the wall
1: like there was never any options for anybody to do that anymore
0: to call for help. To call for help. So before you went in, this is the like this is the this is the the world of landlines. There's no such thing as cellular phones or if they were just extremely rich if you had one. Yeah. He pulled the phone lines. Yep.
1: Yeah. Or he would like go in, kill the husband, tie up the wife, go pull the phone, like he at some point I think even one victim was tied up with that line.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: So at this time the news outlets are trying to name him okay so they're like he's the walk-in killer he's the valley intruder and then i didn't know any of that and then the herald examiner was the one that named him night stalker yeah
0: um i mean i understand the giving them names because it identifies them you know from each other (laughs) because there are a lot yeah but but i hate it because
1: i feel like it gives them the notoriety that they want it, it it does So, 8-8 of 85, day 144, Gil actually got a call um, that was five or six miles from his house. Oh, wow. That another victim, husband shot, Elias, I don't know the last name, and the woman was sexually assaulted with the same thing, don't look at me. Which is different, because before they talked about how he liked that look of fear. So I don't know
0: what was changing for him that he, he didn't like, want them to give him descriptions. Maybe, maybe it was just too much. He, his description was on the paper in the paper. I guess paper. that's he true.
1: Yeah, his, yeah. I didn't think about that. He
0: heard his descriptions come over the the police radio. Like he's like, "Don't look at me," so you can't tell them who I am. Basically, That's true. Um,
1: he said that there was like, during this one, there were so many people that were like walking through the house and then like giving this misinformation out there, like different officers just, Oh, it's this, it's that it's like just complete misinformation. Right. And he said that him and Frank talked and it was like, we have to get the information out here to stop this crap. Right. Because this is not helping us.
0: No. Yeah. It makes misinformation makes things worse. I it or thought, not.
1: exactly. And I thought that they gave it to the media, but they basically made like a little tape for law enforcement. Like yeah. it went to different agencies. Like you're looking for a da 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 male. This is the kind of shoe he wears. That kind of stuff. It didn't go to the media. It went to law enforcement
0: law to enforcement. educate them because rumors.
1: And they tried to give some to the media, but not releasing the full hand.
0: Oh no 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 yeah. Well, you need to do that anyway. Oh yeah.
1: So you cut to 818. Um, and this is day 154. And you go to San Francisco. So I guess things were getting a little too hot in L.A. Um, so they had to go to San Francisco. Okay. So he went to the house of Mr. and Mrs. Pan. P-A-N? P-A-N. And the, the guy's first name is Peter. So I thought that was just fantastic.
0: But that's just Aww. Well, you know his parents did that on purpose. Uh, uh,
1: had to, right? Yeah. But anyway, um, he went into the home on eight eighteen and he shot Mr. Pan and killed him.
0: No. And then
1: shot and raped Mrs. Pan. But when they got there, she had a pulse. Okay. Um, he ate food in the fridge. This is where it gets really nasty. So if you want to fast forward, here's your here's your warning.
0: Go go to thirty second segments.
1: Yes. Um he actually ate all the food, okay? And then he made himself throw up in the kitchen and the, on the counter. And then he went into the living room and masturbated into their carpet. Okay. Yeah. Um it was just evil. Yeah. Like nasty to be nasty. Um Ugh. he carved I want to say he carved something in the wall as well, but I don't remember don't remember what it was but the gun matched right. the same gun from all the others with the red
0: impression uh, or whatever
1: yeah I haven't heard demonic oh he carved symbols Yeah, like in the wall
0: pentagrams yeah
1: and, and then I think he put jack the knife on the wall which is weird jack the knife
0: is that an allusion to jack the ripper
1: I don't know because he shot him so it's not like you know what I'm saying I don't know okay
0: and I said an illusion. I meant an allegory. <laughs> so. I'm smart, y'all, really.
1: The news found out about it. About Mr. About the demonic stuff. Oh, and how okay. they found out about it, it makes me so mad. So it's a person working with Laurel. If y'all remember from the beginning, the one that was blackmailing the cops for the interview. Right. It was one of her people. And him and her went down. And they were outside the crime scene because they just got a tip which I don't know who's squilling in the police department,
0: but I have an issue with that. It might not even be in the police department. It could be dispatched.
1: Fair enough. She They go down to where this is at. Right. Because they had a, she said they had a hunch it was related. I'm like, BS, someone told you. Right. Because Gil and Frank had been called. Right. So the guy that's with her walks over to a neighbor and is like, whoa, this is crazy. And he's like, yeah, I'm an officer down here in San Francisco. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. And that cop just starts talking to him, not realizing he's press. So that cop's like, yeah, it's got the same um, stuff as the other guy, and there's demonic, right? He wrote some kind of demonic thing or carved something into the wall, and they ran with
0: it." Oh, I bet they did. Good old Laurel.
1: Yeah, she tried to use it again.
0: Yeah, like as another as bargaining chip. As way. Yeah. So, so I'm going to stop you right here. Go ahead. You know, I, I don't understand people like Laurel. And I'm just going to talk about this for a second because it bothers me. I was raised, and I believe, in treating other people the way that you want to be treated. Okay? And that requires a good bit of empathy sometimes. Yeah. So if Laurel would have just taken a half a beat and been like, if I'm one of these victims. Or my mom. Or my, my mom, my dad, my kid. Yeah. Would you still want to use this information as a bargaining chip? Like for the
1: exclusive.
0: For the exclusive, does it mean that much to you? Mm-hmm. Now I understand I'm sitting here judging Laurel pretty harshly. I oh, I did. I don't know what her backstory is. I don't care. This documentary will make you like I
1: haven't seen you're icky. Yeah. But you're icky and di- evil on a different level.
0: Yeah. But evil's evil.
1: Yeah, you might not be out here raping and murdering people, but you could have ruined this because
0: a couple times, apparently. Well. All right, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, no, it fine. just bothers oh, me. Oh, I
1: was like raging when I was writing my notes because <laughs> I'm like, this is so messed up. And the fact that she's like, yeah, we, we deserve to know. No, you don't. Like, no. shut up. Let them do what they're doing. Like.
0: Yes, I do believe in transparency and public involvement. I do. I think it helps solve crimes. But at the end of the day, you got to let police and law enforcement do their job. Well,
1: that was the only link was that shoe, and she was going to blow it wide open. Right. And that would
0: have ruined the case. It would have ruined the case. Exactly. There's some information that they have to keep private in order to make a definite connection. Yeah, right. That 4%, whatever it
1: may be, like they have a little bit that they have to just keep yeah, just to see if like one, the information coming from somebody is a credible source because it matches something else they have that That, they haven't released. Exactly. Because people will falsely confess. We know that from... Amber. Amber called in a whole thing that never even happened. Right. We'll make up stuff. So this is where, again, this case just gets dropped the ball. Okay. So the mayor of San Francisco San Francisco was Denise Feinstein when she found out about all, all of it like the murder that took place in her city and that it was connected she offered a $10,000 reward for information she, but here's the problem she used confidential information in her press releases. she told them about the gun and how it tied from the murders in LA she talked about the shoe print she talked about um, the car what car? The car that they finally got into
0: oh, that had the, the remote, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah talked about that. and Oh, so you just gave him everything he needed to change his MO completely. Yeah, and the shoes were never recovered. Like, I will go ahead and tell you. Yeah, he got rid of them. Mm-hmm. Did anybody check the Cecil? Um, no, probably not. <laughs> They're probably there somewhere <laughs> look in, in the, the wall. <laughs> yeah, look in the dumpster at the Cecil.
1: Um, but, yeah, the shoes because of that. Yeah, like and them. Frank and Gil were so so upset yeah because this was a major major detriment yeah. to their investigation
0: because everything that they had that they could catch him he just dumped
1: yeah I mean we know then how do you tie it to him like legally and as far if he doesn't confess how are you going to make him stick right because he dumped the shoes and the people he murdered there's no way that
0: can testify to be like yes he shot me right he's the one that killed me right all you had was the shoe right or the to weapon to tie him to the to the and you needed to find those things in his possession mm-hmm. in order to go to a jury, you know beyond a reasonable doubt, yep, and so yeah, they screwed the pooch, yeah, for sure, so we go to eight twenty four day
1: one hundred and sixty, and it says Bill Carris was shot um a sexual sexual assaulted a woman, tied her up, and he told her um
0: that he was the night stalker this oh, um, so he even got his name from the press mm-hmm. like and now he's owned it yep he liked that one the best he did he he very much did
1: um Ugh. okay I got in here. I don't remember how it goes in the documentary. I don't know if she's able to say like what he drove away in, but it says they got a description of a car. He was driving an orange station wagon. They found that abandoned, but they were able to get a fingerprint off of the rearview mirror.
0: Where he adjusted it Mm -hmm. before he put on his gloves.
1: Yep. So they were, they had a fingerprint, but they had to wait until one, they had a suspect because they have to be able to like match it up.
0: Right. Um,
1: Because it's not like now, because can't they run fingerprints now and it'll pull up? Well, they could do that then, but if he had
0: never been in the system, it doesn't matter. Or, Or by you, like it doesn't go for traffic tickets. Like you don't get fingerprinted for traffic tickets and stuff like that. So it has to be in a database. Gotcha. Um, but I do think they had, Oh no, you looked at me. Well, because this is when you I was me that
1: look. in, in, in my head, when I was listening to this documentary, this is where I was like, Cecil. Cause eight twenty seven day 163, a skid row guy. Um, there's a girl, I think she had like a bracelet or something. Mm-hmm. And they asked, they identified it from one of the robberies and they asked her how she get it, how she got it. And she said, this guy, Rick, who lived mm-hmm. on Skid Row or near Skid Row, which we know Skid Row is yes, like Cecil. right, right yep. on the road. Um, he apparently, the same guy had given or sold the twenty-two pistol mm-hmm. to Rick. Um, they go to an, an informant and they talk to him and he's the one that tells them about the bracelet. Um And they link it to an Armando Rodriguez, Mm -hmm. who also says he got it from Rick. He describes him as having bad teeth, members-only jacket, and an ACDC cap.
0: Oh. And
1: if you remember from the very beginning. He had that ACDC cap. Members-only jacket Mm -hmm. and bad teeth. That has been the staple. And stank. Yep. Armando, this part is, because this is San Francisco police doing this, okay?
0: Okay. So, Go ahead. So Gil and them are not doing this? It's not San this Br- one. This okay. is San
1: Francisco. And what was interesting is because the officer that was talking, I don't remember his name. When he's talking to this Armando guy and he tells him who he is, he's like, I'm not helping you. Armando's like, I'm not helping you. So the detective <laughs> punched him. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said that he punched him and that he kind of like reared back. But he it was like, he said it wasn't my worst punch, but it wasn't my best.
0: So he's going to do it again?
1: Right. So the Armando was teasing him like that really like that's all you got so the cop um reared back like he said he was like touching the glass of the driver's door of the windshield Mm -hmm. and like getting ready to just clock
0: him which I'm like I don't think that's legal yeah that's not legal (laughs) don't do that don't do that I mean I know you want to but no (laughs)
1: yeah. <laughs> he reached all the way back and went to punch him. And that's when he's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. His name's, uh, he said he started screaming, Richard Ramirez, Richard Ramirez. Okay. And they were like, we got a name. All right. Now he's been named.
0: All right. We have a name. Yep.
1: So I just thought that was hilarious that he punched
0: him and then was going to punch him again. <laughs> like. Huh? He was like, it's not my best punch. I had to try again. Yeah. And he freaked out. and I'm like, again. No, it's not legal to punch an informant in the face. Yeah. And twice,
1: or go to punch him twice. You only punched him once, but he got a name, so I mean, eh. Uh,
0: No, not eh. Like, you can't beat people. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like you're being a turd. You know, you get what you get. I mean, I understand that, but in all reality, no, don't punch people. Yeah. So then it cuts you. What? I cannot advocate ever. (laughs) For that, okay. I'm just letting you know. I mean, I, I understand it got a name, but by nefarious means. And I still go with eh. <laughs> I know you're with Ann. I'm like, no, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's right, but eh. Um, episode four,
1: and it starts telling you about Richards because they start digging into him. I have, he was an ODD
0: kid. Um, I don't, Oppositional Defiant Disorder. I thank you because most people aren't going to know what that is. Do you know that's a precursor to, I didn't know this until I was listening to Killer Psyche. But ODD is actually a precursor to antisocial disorder, which is your psychopath and sociopaths. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go. Yeah, just that they could. They could. They have the capability. They have the capability.
1: Interesting. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Richard. This is not the way it does it in the documentary. And this is stuff that I got from true crime all the time okay podcast so richard was actually that's
0: what the captain and mike right i don't know their names i'm pretty sure it is okay go ahead
1: okay um richard was born the youngest of five kids he has a brother reuben a brother joseph a brother robert and a sister
0: ruth yeah they they stick with like
1: all the r except joseph
0: yeah
1: (laughs) um okay he they talked about him being like outcast and being like a weirdo and kind of on his own and stuff like that. His dad, um, I think his name's Julia, but I, or maybe Julio, Julio, I don't know, I don't know, I can't read my writing. Um, uh, we're gonna go with Julio, okay, I don't know, I, I don't remember, but anyway, he was not legal, so he lived in Juarez, Texas, or okay. Juarez, Mexico, right? Um, he did end up getting a citizenship and coming here, but while he was their mercedes his mom lived in el paso and all the kids were born here in the u.s gotcha dad got his citizenship and actually became legal in 1952 and um started working on the railroad oh okay but his dad was apparently like abusive and stuff like very very abusive in different times during richard's life Physically, psychologically, sexually. I want to say one time, and I don't. I think it's from the True Crime All the Time podcast. They tied, like, dad tied him to like things in the cemetery, and would leave him there overnight as like a punishment and stuff.
0: Oh, so physically and psychologically, yeah. for sure.
1: And something I didn't know is when he was two, um, before he was born. Let me go back. His mom worked in a boot factory. Okay, when when she was pregnant with Richard. Um, She worked in a boot factory. The chemicals and stuff that she was inhaling there actually caused her to start, her body to start to terminate the pregnancy. Oh, okay. So that was issue number one. When he was two, a dresser fell on him and knocked him slam out, like 15 minutes unconscious.
0: Okay, head injuries.
1: At five, he got hit by a swing. I'm assuming somebody on it and clocked him and launched him. Again, lost consciousness. Consciousness. By fifth grade, he was um, diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. Oh, wow. And they stated that he could grow out of it, but it was definitely an issue. I wonder if that's caused
0: by the head injuries.
1: I kind of figured. Because if they're saying he can grow out of it, I have to think it's trauma that hit him and caused something in there to swell or not go right. But uh, Any more head injuries?
0: No, but. Hold on. Can I tell you this interesting thing about head injuries and serial killers? What? There's research now to indicate that most serial killers have had forms of head injuries that lost consciousness at a young age.
1: See, I believe that because that one documentary about concussions and people being more violent
0: after concussions, so I could believe. Well, I just thought that was an interesting tidbit to go with that. Definitely.
1: At 10, he started smoking weed. Oh, okay. And then...
0: Help with the At, seizures. I think
1: by the high school, he started sniffing glue.
0: Oh, you know, when I first started working in my current profession, that was a big thing. Well, that killed brain cells. In 2007. That was a big thing in 2007. Well, when he was, I don't know
1: when high school would be for him. It wouldn't be then. But no. um, he, that bothered me because I was like, oh gosh. Because that is definitely, mm-hmm. that can cause some issues. A lot of different issues. So, hopping back to the documentary. um, Unfortunately, a major influencer in his life was his cousin. And I don't have his name, but he did time in Vietnam. And when he came back... He was a soldier. Yes. When he came back, he showed Richard pictures of different Vietnamese women that he had, like, murdered and raped and talked about all the things he did there and, like, how awesome it was.
0: So he was a... serial killer a soldier serial killer
1: yeah he that's did terrifying cocaine heroin he actually shot and killed his wife in front of richard oh, okay yeah he um just told him horror stories of vietnam he showed him how to like i want i don't want to say tricks of the trade but like the things he learned as a
0: soldier Ser- oh okay
1: like the techniques, the being able to, like, maneuver around quietly, like, all of that.
0: Oh, okay. So everything you need to do to be a successful serial killer in the United States. Yeah. Um, that is freaking terrifying, man. Yeah.
1: In the documentary, it's like a guy at a library, and he says that he came in there, and he remembers that he was, <laughs> he says he had such strong body odor, it reminded him of a goat. Oh. I know. I was like, immediately, like I could smell that. Thank, yeah. <laughs> um, that don't smell pretty. He said that he came in asking for horoscopes and torture books. And he said, thankfully, it wasn't in his section. He took him over there, and then that was that. He didn't even know that he had just met the Night Stalker. Like, it was just this random. So, how they even came across this guy for the documentary, I don't know. I'm he sure came he came it. out. He
0: was like, look, he was in my library.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he looked up this stuff took so us it's to 8:30 day 166, and they got a name. So San Francisco got the name. They are matching it with the single print now that they lifted off the car mirror, and eight came up um, in the San Francisco area. Eight different Richard people. Ramirez. Oh, Richard Ramirez. gotcha. And then one was their match. Match the fingerprint. Yep. Gotcha. He had, I think. I can't. Frank says that his history was kind of like me it's like petty theft grand theft it does say in the documentary that he was known as the five five finger hang on i want to tell you it's like five
0: finger something five finger discount guy
1: <laughs> that's what i want to say but that's not what they called him five finger richie
0: oh okay so that is like that's what he did he yep. he was a shoplifter essentially yep.
1: he did petty theft he had grand larceny for the cars because he did do that They got a booking sheet with his picture. Now they just have to find him.
0: Right. He's at the Cecil.
1: So at 830, same day, they have that arrest warrant out of San Francisco. They have a murder warrant. Right. Frank and Gil wanted to wait because they were afraid. They knew he was reading the paper. So they knew if they ran this press release into this huge thing and put his face everywhere.
0: He's out of state. He's
1: going to bolt. Yeah. Well, San Francisco was like, we can't afford to let the press find out that we sat on a murder warrant so we're not doing that and they had this big thing they it completely ignored frank and gill and put it everywhere it played on every major station
0: oh okay so he's laying low
1: it was immediately in the news and everywhere like front page you opened it and oh, there yeah. was his face
0: He's killed so many people, but not only killed people, but raped children, like, this entire time. Like, this yeah. is a bad dude. It is, but
1: I understand them wanting to
0: be like, just wait. like Before you he's... let it to the press, go act on the warrant. Go find him, and yeah. then tell the press. Yeah,
1: but no. Um, so the L.A. detectives, that's Frank and Gill, they had heard that he was going to be on a Greyhound bus, that he was... I I don't know if it was saying that he was already, like, went to visit his brother somewhere else and would be coming back, Mm -hmm. but that's the way it makes it out. Like, he was already gone, and he would be coming back. Okay. So, on 831, they set up cops, like, undercover cops, all throughout the Greyhound bus station so when he got off, they could get him. But Richard immediately made them because... Even though, and this is what the cops said, even because they have dirty, nasty clothes, dirty hair, dish, nasty, whatever, their teeth are still clean.
0: Oh. And I was like,
1: wow, I didn't even think, but Richard did. Well, yeah. I mean, think about his mouth. So he's probably looking at, like, everybody else.
0: He's like, uh uh-uh, you got perfect teeth, you ain't right. Correct.
1: So he actually went out, like, a side exit, which kills me, because, like, you don't have anybody waiting on the exits. Or like, he went out a different exits. He went out a different way, and, yeah. like was in a car and took off actually got on a bus um he gets on actually he went to a liquor store first and when he got to the liquor store he sees the paper there with his face on it yeah and his identity so he's like i've got to get out of here like i've got to get out of here now Mm -hmm. so he gets on a bus and is trying to get out of town the guy on the bus is actually reading the paper and like looks over at him and looks back at the paper and looks over at him like this is the dude right and, like, pulls the pulls the thing to get off immediately gets off gets onto a phone richard realizes that gets off the bus and just takes off running
0: what well, yes um, see something say something. good job dude
1: yeah this whole community like really did what's up right here um he didn't know it but they had a they had told a car behind them like follow that guy so he's like following him like the whole community that he's running around in is like communicating he's here he's here <laughs> he's he's like here. they're calling his butt in he tried to carjack one guy didn't work Any time there was like a man like a man, he couldn't do it yeah because he had but he acts like he's so tough, but every time there was anybody that was could meet him
0: anybody that could meet him
1: he couldn't do it
0: yeah like he's he was, chicken
1: yeah he would punk out and they'd beat his tail. So he tried to tr- carjack that guy, didn't work. So then he tries to carjack a lady.
0: Yeah, because ladies are not as strong. Correct. Which, didn't.
1: yeah, and I, I think she was fighting him when the husband came out, mm-hmm. and the husband picked up a pipe mm-hmm. and cracked him across the head. Right. So Richard takes off. Well, when he takes off, h- hubby takes pursuit, mm-hmm. and that gets the entire like neighborhood right after. And they're running him down. They run him down. Um, they finally get him pinned, and and it,
0: they're beating him down the entire he, time. When they
1: got there, he had a crack on his head. He had stuff on his arm, on his wrist, like on his ribs. Like he he got pummeled. Like I think even if law enforcement, if law enforcement didn't roll in and get him out of there, they would have took care of the problem. They would have murdered him right there in the street yeah. and been like, "Here's your dude. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome."
0: But um, well, I mean, he's actively trying to hurt everybody in the neighborhood to get and away,
1: terrorizing. for months and months yeah the thing i thought was interesting is it showed ramirez in the back of a car and he's got like a ace bandage wrapped Mm -hmm. around his whole head like he had just had like dental dental surgery and as soon as he sees the camera he like lays over and then it it plays like what he said and like he was spitting at them he said i stuck my tongue in and out in front of them he said they wouldn't be a wouldn't be as brave as they thought they were if I had a pistol. I would clear the, I'd make them scatter. And it's like, yeah, because that's the only way you can do it. Like, right. you're a punk. Like, right. stop. Like, yeah. you're not this big, bad dude. You just got your butt handed to
0: you. Right, but like, that's oppositional defiant.
1: Well, you caught a dude awake. Every male that you ever came in contact, aside from the one, was asleep. Right. So you finally caught one that was awake, and he took care of you. Like, yeah. stop. Yeah. But he made it out like he was big and bad. Well, that's.
0: ODD like true
1: yeah
0: I mean come on now
1: well the LA detectives were notified they showed up the whole police station was surrounded and it shows it on the documentary there are like it looks like thousands of people Mm -hmm. all over this place everyone talks about him being tall slender with dark eyes Mm -hmm. and then they talk about how scary his eyes are and it shows you him several times in the documentary right here when it's talking about this I don't see it that's fine but it's also a picture Right. So I don't know if, like, if his eyes are moving, if they're dart around, like, skeevily. I don't know. Yeah. But they are very dark.
0: Yeah. And Like maybe that's black what eyes almost. Yeah.
1: And then some people describe this man as handsome. I think I told you that. Yeah,
0: you told me that. And I was like, I saw one picture of him, and he isn't look pretty to me. Yeah. Um, but I have very high
1: taste. Well, Frank and Gil go to interview him. And as soon as, as, soon as Frank started introducing who he was, he's like, oh, I know who you are. And he always referred to him as Mr. Solano because mm-hmm. he knew him as catching the Hillside Stranglers.
0: Oh. so he was
1: almost starstruck that this by Frank. Yeah, Frank is interviewing me. You know. Yeah, which just kills me. Um,
0: they had to pull the big guns out for me.
1: He talked about reading in the paper about Bundy, about the Hillside Stranglers. Gil talked to him. Gil said he was from the streets, and he's Hispanic, so he was able to, like, talk to him and just be like, what's up, what's going on, like, what was all this about, and he, this part I thought was interesting, Gil's talking to him, and he said he's fine, like, he's got his hands on the table and his head turned to the side, and he said the more he started talking to him, he'd talk about his family. Richard's family. Right. And he said he started breathing, like, really, really, really fast and, like, almost like he was hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. And then he said his hands started to raise off the table and that he he was, like, he was afraid that this man was going to levitate and go <laughs> around the room. And he's, like, that's the only time I was ever scared. But he's, like, I really thought this man, like, the devil, like, that
0: just crazy Because he up. was a Satanist, right? At the end yes. of the day, like, there was this whole thing of, like, hell Satan, Satan yeah. going he out says of the... That in his, court yeah. whatever as he's so, going out so he really
1: did but when he's like he started like hyperventilating and right, his hands were raising it's like I just knew he was going to rise out of it see
0: me and you would have the exact same thing yeah I'd be like what are you doing are you be like what's wrong with you like I'd be at the door going okay we're going to let you have the room exorcist
1: like nah holy water on him um, I just thought that was really interesting because Gil he, I have in my note Gil was scared and in the documentary he's like I not like it like no thank you so they're on their way, I guess, to the prison or the jail where he's going to be housed. And it, um, Gil talks about a lady standing on top of a
0: truck and whips open her top. And because like, there's people out there that like the serial killers and yes but why i don't understand i cannot wrap my head around it i will not wrap my head around it okay i cannot i'm not gonna go into this long diatribe because i've had it before when we talked about the other one yeah. getting letters and stuff and i'm just not gonna do it yeah i, I just don't get it don't and
1: the, he even said in the documentary it's not for me it's for you like it's not for me Gil. it's for you richard yeah and i'm like ew, ew. And then the best part, which kind of was a little bit of a just dessert, I think. Laurel, it cuts to her, and she's like, I'll never forget the day. And um, she's like, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was getting my hair cut in the salon, and it came across the news that he had been captured. And I was so upset. And it's like, good. Good. I'm glad you didn't get to report it. I am too. So now is the time to try... Like, to time to all the crimes. So Frank and Gil are taking him to his cell, and they even tell him, Frank tells him, you're going to be in the same cell as the Hillside Strangler. And that just, like, made Ramirez so happy. Like, it gave him status automatically going in. And Frank and Gil both hate that, but they did it in hopes that he would want to talk to them Later, Like, I want to talk to those guys because they understand, like, where I stand, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing.
0: They recognize me for who I am.
1: Yeah, which is so icky, and that's the part of a cop I just don't know that I could do because I'd be like, you're crap, and I hope you're rotten here, but... That's where they'd be like, never talking to you again. <laughs> right. Um, and well,
0: it, as we previously discussed, as soon as you started breathing crazy like that, I'd yell at him and be like, stop breathing like that. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. So he definitely ain't going to want to talk to no, you. No, we, 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 me and you both would be removed from the case after yeah, that absolutely. point. Absolutely. Quickly.
1: In the documentary, um, I think this part's sweet, and I, I included it because at 830 that night, I don't know if I said it earlier, but Gil's wife, when that murder happened so close to his house, remember he got the call five, six miles away, his wife left. Like she left the area. Yeah. She went to stay with family and left him. Now she still was with her husband, but she's like, I can't live here. Like I'm scared.
0: Yeah. And, And yes.
1: And I'm not coming home until he's caught, you know? And he talks about just wanting to see his wife. Like they caught him he, he's in jail. He wanted her home. I think it was like a wedding or something he was going to. And he just kept telling him, I want to see my wife. I want to see my wife. And he said that he remembers walking in and everybody like hushed, like there he is. There he is. He's the one that caught him. And he just wanted to see his wife.
0: Yeah. He didn't care about any. He, of it. Just, he just wanted, wanted her his, home.
1: Yeah. He was just ready to put this behind him because Ramirez had just taken over his life for 14 months.
0: Right.
1: So they did a lineup. Okay. To try to help, you know, again, pin him to the stuff. And the same little six-year-old girl from the beginning that had was taken and we thought might have happened at the Cecil.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, She she talks in the documentary, and she talks about being scared until she realized, like, they reassured her, he can't see you.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: had him say a bunch of different things, and then she she told the um Gil was like anybody have any questions and she raised her little hand and was like do we say number two or do we write number two because that was his number to identify Richard Ramirez as the person who did this to her Aww. how brave is that at six
0: yeah she's a very brave little girl yes she's like number two
1: right and she wanted him like at six mm-hmm. wanted to make sure this man got caught yeah It just hits my heart. (laughs) I
0: know. It hits that mama heart.
1: Um, So it cuts to the trial. And Ramirez loved this. Like, he absolutely loved the attention. He played up to it. Like, he'd strut in there. Um, He just was playing that crowd. Like... There's people outside. There's people packed inside. There's people on the outside of the actual courthouse. Like, everybody wants a piece of him is how he views it. Oh,
0: yeah, in his mind.
1: Yes. So it lets you meet the um, attorneys for him, which are the Arturo brothers. And, no, Arturo Hernandez. So their last name's Hernandez. So then Hernandez brothers. Ramirez's parents actually called them and got them set up for... Um, Richard. Oh, wow. But people were concerned about them handling the case because they had never handled anything like that, and they were really, really scared about a mistrial Yeah, because they didn't want to risk anything.
0: No, this man needs to be locked up.
1: Yeah, and they didn't want anything delayed any more than it already was, so there was a lot of fear about what they would be capable of doing. Right. Um Yeah, it says they talked about them being unqualified. There's like 13, 14 victims. They're afraid of mistrial due to their inexperience. On 1024, when he's in there, I guess giving his, like, guilty or not guilty before it starts, he holds up his palm and he's drawn a pentagram on his palm. And he says he's not guilty of all the charges. And then as they're escorting him out, he yells, hell, Satan. Mm.
0: Okay.
1: This part you're going to love. So, oh
0: no, you're looking at me again.
1: <laughs> it's just me and you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. Um,
1: groupies, he had legitimate groupies, <gasps> women that would show up to the trials dressed in all black. He'd wear sunglasses, which I don't even know why they allowed him to do that in no, the courtroom. They
0: shouldn't have.
1: I agree, but he would wear his sunglasses in there. He'd like it, cut to the like. Video, and he's like le- leaning around his chair and winking at women and like smiling, which is scary because he ain't got any teeth. And I don't know how you'd be but like. They can
0: pull all his teeth?
1: No, he's got them jagged little thing. Like I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be like oh baby. I'd be like oh baby. <laughs> 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 like whoa, <laughs> what happened to your mouth? But whatever.
0: Okay, I didn't know because we (laughs) talked about all the dental problems that he had. So I didn't know if, like, once he got in there, they took care of him by pulling his teeth. I didn't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. He still had them very scary teeth. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) baby.
1: But the women went, and there were so many of them. And it shows it in the documentary like, women sent him. Very, very inappropriate things.
0: Yeah. So eventually I'm going to get up the bravery to do like some research on these type of women. Yeah. Just to see what is going on there. Because I know this is a thing. I just can't wrap my head I around it. I can't
1: either. And this man doesn't view you as a person. Oh, you are no, prey.
0: You are. It's like, the, it's like chickens watching MasterChef. Right. Right. Like, Like that's some tasty chicken. (laughs) You know, I mean. It's not smart. It's not. I've never heard that
1: analogy, but that's good. Chicken's watching MasterChef.
0: Well, so true crime, same thing. Most women like true crime. It's very much more of a woman thing than it is a man thing. And most victims are women, so we're all kind of like the chicken's watching. I guess. But I I do it to learn so I can survive. Yeah, I'm not going (laughs) to be, like, hitting up the jailhouse
1: or the courtroom to pick up my next that's a different it's like if the chicken wanted to become a master chef i guess i guess (laughs) i don't know there was so so many of these women though
0: (laughs) i know it's it's very disturbing
1: yes so they know they've got him he's going to be tried for the murders for sure but during this whole time there's child molestation cases too right so they go back to that same six-year-old That poor baby and she wanted to testify she told Gil in particular that she remembered him because he reminded her of her teddy bear and,
0: and that's not precious he said he made it like me. half a
1: second and then he had to leave the room like he yeah. said i was no He like i had to go and the little girl <laughs> said that um she would testify if that meant that he wouldn't get out like yeah. she would tell anybody and i think Gil said he stayed in there for like two minutes and then Frank came out right after him. And then the actual, I guess it's like the.
0: Like a psychologist. No,
1: like the district attorney or yeah. something came out. and was like, how about we just dismiss all the child molestation cases? Because they didn't want to put the children through it.
0: I, I And I understand that. I get that. I'm mixed that. on this. I get that. I absolutely get that. And I know it's hard 100% for these children. And should they absolutely have to go in that courtroom and look at him? No. No. I, I I understand. Like, I get why they don't want to keep traumatizing these children. Yeah. Uh, because it can be re-traumatizing. Absolutely. um make them relive it, essentially, while you're looking at him. Yeah. With all these people looking at you. Yeah. So that's terrifying in and of itself especially for a child so i understand but i hate that he wasn't held accountable for those things that's where it gets me but at the end of the day these kids have been traumatized enough leave him alone well then you got him
1: for murder well that's multiple murders that's what they said so like they were already seeking the death penalty for all the murders so they didn't see the point of putting these kids through anything additional and i agree with that
0: but i would have held it in abeyance.
1: In case he got off on the murders. That is exactly what I was thinking. Like, I ain't dismissing nothing till I know he's dead. We're just going to hold him. We're just going to hold him. Just, just in case. Because I know. don't want to give this man an inch. So you're going
0: down for something.
1: So January 31st, 1989, it shows in the documentary, like, years passing by. Mm-hmm. And he's got 43 charges okay. against him. Murder, assault. Murder, robbery, rape. Um, Assaults. Because he didn't kill
0: everybody he assaulted. No, but I guess he he did rob. Yeah. Um, or it wouldn't be assault. It would be like abhand or aggravated or yeah. that kind of stuff. In it, the documentary. murder.
1: Yeah. In the documentary, it says, I mean, there's a bunch. I think sodomy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you name it, that man has 43 charges. Right. They were talking about pulling 140 witnesses mm-hmm. for this case. So they knew it was going to take a while to try this man. And one guy describes honestly, I think it's a pretty accurate description of going to sit through a court hearing like that. It's the barbaric craziness that happened, like you have to relive the worst parts of everything because that's what's on trial like right. and I never thought about it like that, but, but that's what that's exactly have to do. what it is. like you have to sit there and testify to this awful thing that happened to you or your family. And it, Maria from the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, she came in, she testified a, um, it's a mother. I don't remember her nationality. They said it, but I didn't write it down. She talks about him coming in there and beating her up And sexually assaulting her and telling her that if she said anything, he would murder her child that laid in the crib. Mm -hmm. Like, he would murder them in front of her. And she Mm -hmm. was like, please, I swear to God, I will never, I will not do a single thing. And he slapped her again. and was like, you swear to Satan. You will swear to Satan. And she's like, I swear to Satan. Like, please just leave my family alone. And then even talked about, I think I said earlier, like, I had sexually assaulted a kid during one of these robberies. It was Mm -hmm. her son, her eight-year-old son. Um, He sexually assaulted him during all of this stuff after killing the dad, Dad. Mm -hmm. which is just, I, I, I can't even fathom the mindset of someone who does stuff like that. I can't either. I can't either. Um, it cuts to September 20th of 89 again it makes me so mad he just struts in that room mm-hmm. like he owns it like they are all here for me and welcome to my show which just makes me so mad oh yeah I would have had him like chained to the to
0: the table You'd co- yeah like, I mean, and that's that's me and you yeah though. and that's why i'm glad i didn't watch the documentary because scully's doing a very good job of holding her temper i'd be like you know what we ain't even covering this case he don't deserve it like it was just so sickening like i
1: would have mm, we have, he went in in one of them chairs you know what i'm talking about in the jail like yeah. you would have went in like that yeah with the spit mask over like i wouldn't have given you any kind of dignity but that's why i'm not over our justice stuff right
0: <laughs>
1: he was convicted on all the accounts. Um, he didn't get his sentencing. It doesn't look like until twelve seven of eighty nine. Okay. And they let him speak because he has that right, mm-hmm. and he makes the comment quote You cannot understand me. You're never meant to understand. You're never meant to. I am beyond good and evil.
0: Oh, okay. No, evil. You're right. evil.
1: He was sentenced to the death in the gas chamber and he said, Quote, Big deal. Death was death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland.
0: Okay.
1: It's like, oh, okay. All right. Like, cool.
0: Cool. Bye.
1: Yeah. Um, Frank and Gil got to talk to him again and he asked Gil, he's like, Gil, are you going to my execution? And Gil's like, I don't know. Like Yeah. And he's like, Well, Frank, are you gonna come to my execution? And Frank's like, Yep. And he's like, I wanted to see it put... I wanted to see, like, the final nail put in the coffin. He, like, he said that to him was the final... It's this over. This is done. Yeah. Like, this animal is done. Yeah.
0: And while I can understand that, I wouldn't give him the satisfaction of me to be in there.
1: Right. I would, I would feel like I would take it as a jab to be like, you're not worth my time.
0: Yeah, why would I? Right. Yeah.
1: Just something to just hit that ego, because he's all about it. Yeah. Falzon... And if you remember, that is the detective from San Francisco. Gotcha. He's actually, I don't know if this was during when they were in, indicting him for this Peter and the Pan family. Mm-hmm. Barbara. But he he said he looked back over at Falzon and kind of gave this weird, creepy grin. And he said, you know about those two old ladies on Telegraph Hill? You would like to know about those two old ladies on Telegraph Hill, wouldn't you? And Fazon said they had a case where two women were murdered in that area. And he said he just laughed and said, it was me.
0: And I have no doubt.
1: And they talk about that, like how many more cases.
0: Yeah. And um, here in just a few minutes, I have a list of the dates of the murders of this year and a half or whatever. And there's a big jump from the first one to the second one like from june of 84 to march of 85 he was killing all during that time
1: that's what um so when they're talking during this time Mm -hmm. that is what frank says because he says there's such a big gap Mm -hmm. and he just doesn't see that man not killing during this time he just must must have switched it up enough
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: they couldn't tie it back in um
0: or went far enough out of the Oh, yeah, in their area. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's true. In 1994, it said that he was interviewed by a crime, um, crime journalist. And he records the conversation, and you only get snippets of it. And basically what Richard is asking is, is a baby born bad? Like, does it automatically have this serial killer seed in it, or is it created and then he tells the guy, you better burn these tapes after we're done. You're not going to make me look bad, are you? And then it kind of skips to something else in the documentary. So I don't really know what the point of that was.
0: I don't know. Either. It was
1: just kind of in there a little bit in the um, documentary.
0: A philosophical question,
1: I guess. I'm like, no, I fully think you were created.
0: Like, no, I, think... I, I believe that he was created by his childhood, by his issues. And, and his by his uncle. His uncle, well, I said childhood. Yeah, but his uncle played a massive, massive role.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm almost done, and I'll, I'll give it to you. Oh, in, no, no,
0: no, no, take
1: your time. In six, seven of 13, he died after only spending two decades on death row. He died of cancer. I think lymphoma is what I told you mm-hmm. earlier. I think that's what it was. Um, and this, it ends with this, and I think this is the best thing because we've talked about this before. And we're going to talk about it again. The six-year-old that... She's no longer six, obviously. She's crying. Right. <laughs> um, she talks about it didn't define her. Um, she went on, like, yes, these horrible things happened to her when she was little in formative years, but she went on to get married, to go to college, to have a family, to do her own things. Like, it didn't ruin her life.
0: Right. And we have had very long, very long conversations just this week about how we approach victims of crime. Yeah. Specifically victims of sexual crime toward women or anybody. It goes for anybody.
1: Yeah. It's really any major
0: like traumatic anything, I feel like. Right. That you'll hear other podcasts say. Ruined countless lives. You ruined their lives. And, and, and for the ones that he murdered, absolutely. Completely took them out. Ruined their lives. Yeah. Like they, they're no longer loved. But for people who survived... Don't give the perpetrator so much power. Yeah. Like, yes, did he alter their lives? 100%. Yeah. But let them decide what to do with the rest of it. Don't tell people that their lives are ruined because something has happened to them. Yeah. Let them determine that.
1: Yeah, and I was going on like a tirade about this particular thing because I just hate that terminology of like, oh, the li- your life's ruined. Yeah. Because to me it's like, well, might as well... You close up shop, you know, yeah, it's ruined. ruined. It's ruined. There's no way to fix it. And I hate that. But to say, you know, altered, yeah. Affected, sure. But it doesn't influenced. It doesn't have to be a ruined end all be all. Give that person that much power.
0: Right. Don't give that person that much power. So with all that's that, it. That's it. Mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. That's our diatribe on that. Altered, yes. Ruined? ruined? No. no. We're not gonna say that. Mm-mm. But we are, I do want to talk to you about his diagnoses, okay, so because that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, so I looked it up, and he was actually diagnosed with a schizoid personality disorder, okay? okay, and I meant to look up and see what the pervasiveness is for this disorder, but I didn't, so my bad, y'all, I'm slightly unprepared, but I'm going to tell you guys what schizoid personality disorder is so a quick overview a schizoid personality disorder is a condition where a person shows very little if any interest and ability to form relationships with other people it's very hard for the person to express a full range of emotions
1: okay
0: okay and I'm getting this information from the Mayo Clinic guys if you have schizoid personality disorder you may be seen as keeping yourself keeping to yourself or rejecting others You may not be interested in or able to form close friendships or romantic relationships. Okay. You do not tend to show emotion and you do not tend to care about others or what's going on around you. That is him dead ringer right there. Yeah. Add narcissist to it. And I think we're there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, schizoid personality is less common than other personality disorders there's a whole bunch of personality disorders, but it is much more common than schizophrenia. Hmm. And schizophrenia is kind of rare. Yeah. So this is not, you know, the cause is not known. Some symptoms of schizoid personality disorder are similar to autism spectrum disorders. Interesting. Other personality disorders, especially avoidant personality disorder order and early symptoms of schizophrenia. Um, so, um they do not react to praise or criticism. They may lack drive to make them want to reach goals. They may not have any kind of humor. Um
1: See, that's weird because I feel like some of that he hits and then some of that is...
0: He doesn't. This is just what he was diagnosed with after the fact. Okay. So, I mean, this is what they diagnosed him once he got to prison. Okay. So I don't I don't know. Plus you add the head injuries in and that you know, yeah, all that crap. So I don't. I mean, I really don't know. He's I, definitely not okay. No,
1: and I did forget to mention y'all this man went on to get married while in prison. Just thought you should know that. A woman wrote him seventy five different A journalist. Yep, yeah, seventy five letters and then they were married. And then they were, I think they divorced right before he died, but there was never a divorce decree. They were in the process. I don't think that they were actually divorced.
0: And didn't you say something about Laurel that you wanted to tell me?
1: So in the documentary, they said the guy, remember the guy that talked to the one cop outside of the one home, it's him talking again, and he says Laurel saw the whole thing. Like she went and sat through The whole thing. And he said, I think that still has an effect on her to this day. And then it cuts to Laurel, and she talks about how she has a cat, and that sometimes she'll wake up in the middle of the night and her cat will be looking at her, and she put herself as one of his victims. And in that mindset of like waking up, and this person is like looking over you and in your house, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's, she does it, the way she speaks is as if this is like something traumatic she's gone through. And I'm not saying that maybe that wasn't, but where was that attitude when you were negotiating deals with the law enforcement? So I have a hard time feeling bad for her because when it mattered, when that information needed to be quiet,
0: the empathy wasn't there.
1: You had no empathy. But when you actually sat down and got to hear these women and families testify to all the people they lost, to the barbaric things happened to them and their children then you want to be sympathetic well hopefully she learned a lesson from that hopefully hopefully that changed the way she wanted
0: to she did business yeah I hope so yeah but that just it bothered me I know so um, what I would like to do and I would like to list out the victims um, of the attacks I do not have the sexual assaults these are what we know um, some of them are survivors, some of them are not, and I will clarify as I go through because our podcast is about the victims.
1: Yep. Yeah. So on June
0: twenty eighth, nineteen eighty four, Jenny Vincal. On March the seventeenth, nineteen eighty five, Maria Hernandez and Dale Okwasaki. Maria survived. Also, on March 17th, 1985, Veronica Yu. On March the 27th, 1985, Vincent and Maxine Z- Zazara. On May... And see, there's a gap here. On May 14th, 1985, Bill and Lillian Doy, I have that they survived. On May 29, 1985, Mabel Ma Bell and Florence Nettie Lang uh, both survived at the time, but Ma Bell died later on from her injuries. On May the 30, 1985, Carol Kyle and Son, they were survivors. On July 2, 1985, Mary Louise Cannon. On 7-5-1985, Whitney Bennett, survivor. On 7-7-1985, Joyce Nelson. Sophie Dickman, survivor. July 20th, 1985, Layla and Maxine Needing. Also on July 20th, 1985, Charong and Some Kid Kofaloos. And son, Sam Kidd and his son survived. On August 6 1985, Chris and Virginia Virginia Peterson, survivors. On August the 8th, 1985, Sakina and Elias Abwath, Sakina and, and son, and Sakia and son survived. On August 18th, 1985, Peter and Barbara Pan, On August the 24th, 1985, James Romero Jr. and Family, Survivors. And also on August the 24th, 1985, Bill Carnes and Inez Erickson, Survivors.
1: And is that all the victims?
0: That's all the victims they have listed on Wikipedia.
1: Okay. The only one I see different is a Patty Higgins. See, I don't have
0: Patty Higgins.
1: And that was one mentioned in the documentary, but I don't know if that was one that was later Todd or something I don't know
0: I don't know but yeah these are the ones that I found on Wikipedia they had a list of them gotcha and I, I most of the names are recognized from the documentary yeah so all right coffee breakers well this is a long one yes it's a long one I wanted to shout out to Scully she did an amazing job good I job so. good job good job again if you like us rate and review and follow
1: Yes, please rate us. I was looking at our iTunes, and we don't have any reviews or anything yet. So please help us out there if you listen to us on iTunes.
0: Absolutely do it.
1: Give us a like and review so we can see where we are. Um, Let me know how I did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can always hit us up on Facebook, the social medias. That's what I'm just going to start calling it, the social medias. The social medias. Um, Coffee Break and Chill 24 2024 at gmail.com mm-hmm. is our email address and one day I will say that right um, we have another true crime case coming to you next week I'm working on it now um, oh we have merch yes and I want put the link to the merch store in the show notes cool so if you want to look and see go for it yeah
1: um, or if you have another idea
0: oh yeah if you have a design or something absolutely Let us email know. us facebook message us yeah let us know. We love it. Um, anything else? Any other business that we need to take care of? Mm-mm.
1: This one was a doozy. This, this is probably the one case we've covered that had so many victims.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's crazy. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. And this, again, ties to the Cecil because yeah. he was there the entire time. Yeah. He was at the Cecil Hotel the entire time. So. That's crazy to me, too. It's terrifying. Like, so. Anyway. Mm. All right, until Friday, friends. Bye. Oh, good night. Bye. <laughs>